They don't have guests, they have contestants. 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt is the perfect game show and talk show hybrid that you need. Check out 10 Questions exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Cold open question of the week. Kaz, take your pick. Kama Mustafa, Mm. the Godfather, or Papa Shango? Come on, that's not even a fair question. This is not a fair question. It's definitely the Godfather. Who who picks anybody else? Like, I mean, it's like, it's like asking me, you know, um, uh, Beyonce, Michelle, and Kelly, you know, like, well, except they're Mustafa, all the same person. But... The only reason I ask is because you worked, you worked at the E and I know that there's like a, a thing with the, with the boys that a lot of them have a childhood fascination with Papa Shango. And you know why I'm asking that this week? Yeah. Uh, oh, it's because yes, apparently Papa yeah. Shango got to Randy Orton, just <laughs> like he got to the ultimate warrior all those years back. But mm. before we get there. Let's get started with the show. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening, you're listening to this. You're listening, listening to You are listening to this. You're listening to listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. We got a lot to talk about this week. We got a brand new WWE champion. The Miz cashed in his money in the bank briefcase at the end of the Elimination Chamber and stole the title from Drew McIntyre. Stole it. Um, and, we, <laughs> and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about everything that happened this week. But first and foremost, the biggest news, the biggest like backstage front office, whatever, out of the ring news, but a little bit in the ring news of the past however long. Yesterday afternoon, we're all sitting around messing with our Twitter timeline. It's about as quiet as it can be when, lo and behold, Tony Khan and AEW put out the word 
that they've just hired a man by the name of Paul White, a.k.a. The Big Show, a.k.a. The Giant. <laughs> it's huge, right? And no pun intended or pun kind of intended. He's apparently going to be the announcer on Monday night on their on their new Monday night show. And he's going to uh, or one of them. And he's going to do a little bit of wrestling, too. Yeah. Uh, but they made the announcer thing a real big part of the press release. What was your first reaction when you heard that uh, that that Big Show was jumping ship? It was very surprising. You know, for a while, you've seen uh, Paul White slash The Big Show starting to do a lot of stuff like outside of wrestling. Like he had the Netflix show and he had a couple of other things going on. So you kind of feel like he was going towards that style of, uh, you know, that. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I'm not, I'm not. I I did not see that coming. You know, when you go on Twitter and you see like the fake all elite wrestling, like such and such is all elite, like sort of uh, photoshops that a lot of fans do. I thought it was fake for a while, but um, I mean, you know what? Good for him, man. He he he's done a whole lot in the that company in WWE and in pro wrestling in general, and he has nothing left to prove, but he obviously still has plenty to give. So. Um, if going to AEW is what fulfills him, makes him feel good at this stage of his career, um, especially being a, an announcer of a brand new show, then that's good for him, man. Like that's that's really cool. I think it's cool that like you know, in, in there's more opportunity out there for other wrestling, right? Like you don't have to just kind of just be stuck at one place, and it's tight. It's tight for him, like you know, because what were they gonna do with him in WWE? You know, he's done everything that there is to do there. I have. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this and obviously not knowing anything. My first reaction, not knowing anything, was be because the announcer part was so high profile in the, in, the, in the press release. I was just like, man, I bet he asked Vince if he could be a color guy or, you know, and, and Vince said no. I mean, that that's what it felt like, that he was trying to evolve to another stage of his career in WWE. And WWE was like, no, nah, we're good. But we we'd love you to keep coming back twice a year and doing a face or heel turn and getting humiliated by Randy Orton. Right. I mean, WWE has this weird thing where they have they every time they need to pop the ratings. Now they do a Legends Night or a Raw reunion or whatever. And certainly they're doing they do well by a lot of their legends. Right. They have these legends contracts where they keep, uh, you know, people they get to make some money in exchange for merchandise sales and occasional appearances. And and it's a nice little retirement plan if you're doing it. But they don't. And 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 I guess we should say that. A lot of wrestlers are at the same time in the other column. Current wrestlers are are, are are wrestling to much later ages, so there's not as much of a of a chasm between the main roster and the and the you know legends contract guys. But despite keeping all those people employed, and despite having a big a lot of money invested in the sort of myth making machine of, with guys like the Undertaker, Andre the Giant, and Hulk Hogan, and whatever, it does seem like WWE doesn't quite have the reverence for some of their living legends as they could. And whether or not that's like a real issue, it does seem like you get to a point in your career where the only, or your post wrestling career where the only thing you're good for in Vince's eyes is getting humiliated. Right. <laughs> I mean, you just come back for a little like joke spots. Um, and I can understand why that wouldn't be the way somebody wants to go out. You know, I mean like you're never going to be, a legend like The Undertaker if your last 12 appearances are punchlines, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's kind of always been the WWE way, right? Like, for as much flack as they get for uh, bringing back the old-timers and not, you know, making the changes at the top and blah, 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 and, get you know, wheeling out older talents uh, a lot of times. 
they do usually move on pretty quickly. Like they usually, and at the expense of people who've done like really good work for them. I mean, like you go back to the, you know, the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels days. Like I think a big part of Bret Hart sort of moving on was because they were moving toward this younger, hipper, a little bit more dangerous, but not as much um, aligned with Bret Hart's ideals, uh, idea of what WWF was going to be. And they kind of moved on from him pretty quickly. And, you know, I guess, you know, uh, humiliated him on the way out. They've since made amends and all that type of stuff. But, you know, it was, they have no qualms moving on from you if they believe, like, the the best thing for the company is to go with younger talent and focus on that. And knowing that, like, these legends who we've built up and spent a long time building up, their best way to be an asset is to put other people over, put younger people over. And that means sometimes like a young dude is going to come in and run through Big Show or a young dude is going to come through and embarrass, uh, you know, Ric Flair or, or you know, any of these uh, sort of part-timers, the Mark Henrys of the world. Even Undertaker got it for a while. When The Shield was coming up, like, they came and kicked the Undertaker's ass pretty handily. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like, these are the kind of things that happen. And, you know, and I said it in the beginning of the show, like, it's cool that, you know, if you don't want to do that, you can go somewhere else, you know, and yeah. and just kind of find another way for you to be sort of useful. And we've seen that with Taz. We've seen that for with Jake the Snake Roberts. Um, we've seen that in the earlier days in WWF where when Macho Man felt like he still had a lot more in the tank, but they were like, eh, we just kind of want you to be here and, and, and be an announcer or stuff like that. And that's why he went to WCW. Well, listen, I mean, but so but that's sort of the reverse, right? I don't think Big Show... I mean, I think if Big Show wanted to work a, an in-ring schedule, a, you know, a harder in-ring schedule in WWE, they would have said yes. But the, but we're, but it's the but you're I mean, the point you're making is right. The case of the Macho Man is like the Funhouse Mirror version of it because he wanted to wrestle, and Vince said you're an announcer. In this case, it could be that the Big Show was like, I want to be an announcer, and Vince was like, Well, if you can't wrestle, then like, see ya, you yeah, know. And yeah. and I mean, I, I don't know that that's the case. I do think it's pretty conspicuous. I mean, I don't WWE. Say what you will about their announce teams or whatever. I mean, the the color commentator role is not the biggest problem with their week to week announcing. You know, Corey Graves is great. Samoa Joe really great. You know, starting off and 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 you know they do obviously NXT. I mean, they 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 find good people for those roles. Mm-hmm. Even uh, uh, Wade Barrett's been really good on NXT. Oh yeah, fantastic. He's fantastic. But you know. It's it's interesting that it's not just color guys like back in the day, you know, Gorilla Monsoon was was basically the big show of his day. And he became like the play by play guy of our childhood. There's no way that would happen now. And I and I love most of the people that do play by play for WWE, but it's so buttoned up and so formulaic the way they put these things together. You know, like, I don't know why. I don't know why big show you know, if, if he wanted to be an announcer, I don't know why you wouldn't get that job in WWE. I mean, especially because. Well, I mean, one of the reasons is probably like, well, we're full right now, or like we're you know we we got we're sta- our roster or announcer roster is stacked, but it's so silly that they I've said this a million times. When you turn on pro sports, with the exception of like the hardcore fans in the NFL, you don't know who's going to call the game, right? I mean, it's not a thing that like ninety nine percent of fans pay attention to, and it doesn't matter. It'd be totally fine if you turn unless on you're in New York, it, unless you're you're in New York. No, 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 no. your get... local your local basketball team or like right. what I mean, you're right, your local broadcast. But on national games, I mean, it's like you're watching basketball on a Saturday afternoon or whatever. Like it does, it's it could be it. They don't we don't have to have the same people there every Monday night or every yeah. Friday night or for whatever else. Just like play around with it, see who has chemistry live on the air, and then. Yeah. You can bring in Michael Cole or whoever to be like the voice of the pay-per-views, you know, and just kind of do something cooler like that. But anyway, 
Well, the way that works, though, I mean, like, even what what I saw, like, when I was over there was that Michael Cole, like, runs that whole thing. So, like, I don't think if it was, it might not have been a Vince call. It might have been, you know, like, Michael Cole, when I was over there, he, you know, he they're always looking for new voices. Like, when I was there, I think R- Renee Young had, had started off doing some, some Monday Night Raws, and, um, you know, they, they tried Sam Roberts out a few times, and... Um, you know, they, they, now they've really settled in on Joe, who I think, I think Joe's been really good. I think Joe's been, you know, uh, I think maybe that might've had more to do with that than, you know, anything wrestling related. Maybe it's like, Hey, we really like Samoa Joe as our, as our, you know, our Jerry Lawler, you know what I mean? Like, and he's probably, you know, I don't know the health status right now, but at least age wise, he's more likely to hop back in the ring and do something really, you know, special than a big show at this age would. So, I mean, I could see both sides, man, like probably. And we, and we haven't heard big show of Paul White on the on, on commentary or so we don't know what he brings. And we know he's a great personality. We know he, he's a great talker. We know he's, you know, he's a pretty good. He's a, he's a solid actor. He's been in a couple other things. So who knows how he's going to sound? He might be fantastic. He might be great at this. So. You know, you got to take a chance in your life, and it's good that there's an opportunity for him to do that. You're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, I guess, the, and and part of the reason why this is meaningful, more than I mean, more than the Big Show himself. I mean, and and let's not listen. The Big Show, even at limited physical capabilities, whatever else, let's not forget that he's you know roughly twice as big in scale in AEW than as he was in WWE. Right. I mean, he is he's going to make all of the AEW big mans look like little midgets. Right, um, right. <laughs> and I and I and I'm I'm sorry if that's an offensive term. You can bleep that out. But it's a wrestling term. It's a term of art. It's fine. Um, yeah, it is. But but uh, roughly, dang, how long ago now? Twenty twenty two years ago, when in the in the midst of the Monday Night Wars, at Valentine's Day Massacre, a uh, cage match between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. The Big Show emerged from the hole in the ring and helped Vince McMahon, or well, to help Vince McMahon beat Stone Cold, but ended up uh, with Stone Cold winning um, because he threw him through the wall of the ring and that was Stone Cold's escape. But the Giant was never one of my favorite guys in WCW. He was actually like, they booked him pretty well in WWE comparatively because he was a division killer in my mind, even if he wasn't one in reality in WCW, you know, it was sort of like, there was no interesting story with him. And when he got the belt, it just like they, the, then he, who's going to beat him, whatever. But when he came to WWE, that was a huge moment because that was W or WWF at the time. That was WWF making a move for the, for what seemed like at a time when it seemed like they were just getting destroyed. You know, they like every free agent was going the other direction. Yeah. That was, that was one of their big, First big WCW gets, I remember. You know what I mean? Like, as far as, like, people who were in the NWO who were, like, routinely giving it to Monday Night Raw. And I remember his his debut being a big deal. Launching Stone Cold through the cage and the cage breaking and then yep. falling out. Like, that. that's, It was like, a good break. It was a good cage-breaking spot. It was a great spot. Great, great spot. And it was a great, uh, memorable debut for Big Show. And I know people love to, like, kind of joke on, like, oh, how many times he's turned face and heel, whatever. Like, but that kind of probably just speaks to how believable of a talent he is in his, in his day. You know what I mean? And how reputable he is. I mean, it's hard to be relevant for what? Gosh, twenty two years. It seems like he was. He, he joined in ninety nine. I want to say like it's a long time, a long time. And this is after he popped off in in, in WCW. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he's he's no, you know, he's he's no spring chicken. Obviously, 
But in his latter years, you've gotten to see him just sort of like be more of himself. And uh, I think that's cool. And, you know, I've never been against, you know, a lot of people just love to like kind of go online and be like, oh, my gosh, people just signing old people. But it's like, yo, these are wrestlers. This is what they do. Like the fact that there's another company that's available that can keep these guys making a, a decent living, a good living. You know what I mean? Like that should be celebrated. That should be celebrated that like, you know, Goldberg could still work and Sting could still work and Paul White could still work. Like, you know, the, consider the alternative. How many episodes of Dark Side of the Ring do we have to see to know that like when things from wrestlers' lives get taken away, you know, it doesn't go well, you know, like it, it's good to keep them productive. It's good to keep, you know, them in, in the business in, in a healthy way. So like it, it's, you know, I, I don't think people should be poo-pooing on like, you know, older talents being signed to young companies. Like I don't think it's going to take away from anything young and cool that they're doing. I think it's going to add to it. Well, I mean, certainly there's a there's a cap to how many salaries AEW is going to float, but it's not like a one-to-one i mean it, it doesn't seem like we're, we're there yet you know i mean i don't think he's going to take it i don't think he's going to take the job of you know the next ricky starks or something just because he's clogging up the payroll i think that he's gonna you know he's gonna earn his he's gonna earn his worth there and and i and listen i mean i think kind of what's most stunning about this to everybody else isn't just the aew they need the old guy part it's, it's that he was perceived to be a wwe lifer mm. and I think so this is meaningful. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Jericho had been working, you know, had been on and off. You know, I mean, the, the big show has been, have been, has been on and off the screen. I don't think he's been out of contract for any period of time. And Jericho is certainly like, you know, off when he wasn't on TV, he was not collecting a paycheck from WWE, at least not a worker's paycheck. But you're right. I think that that's why this is meaningful, right? Because, I mean, in, during the last Monday Night Wars, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing for WWE, but what you, I mean, one, one of the biggest things was that the people who were perceived to be lifers weren't. Yeah. Hulk Hogan wasn't a WWE lifer. Bret Hart ended up, I mean, got the WWF lifer contract and then Vince cut him loose. You know, like lifer doesn't really mean anything. And you know what? Nobody should be a company lifer. They're like nobody should. The only people that should be lifers are McMahons, right? Like if you're married into the family or you're you're a Tony Khan or somebody. And even then, if the opportunity presents itself, you should at least consider working with the other side. You know, like being a lifer in anything is only good for the person at the top, right? But when it comes to you, you got your own family to take care of. You got your own dreams you have. You got your own opportunities to your to your circle. Like it's business at the end of the day, right? Like we we're, we're you know we talk about this a lot on MSG and and on the other shows where it's like a player's era where there's more power in the players now because you know they can't you know we grew up with Michael Jordan, you're a Chicago Bull, Larry Bird, you're a Boston Celtic, Magic Johnson, you're a Los Angeles Lakers. Now not so much. And a lot of people will say that's a good thing. You know, that means that the market's more open. That means like you can be have just as much as a successful career playing for the New York Knicks than you can playing for the Milwaukee Bucks. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I kind of feel the same way about that for pro wrestling. Um, You know, it's good that nobody's a lifer. It's good that there's options out there. That means the business is healthy. That means, you know, that means there's places where this art can continue to, to, you know, 
pay people and make money and make good lives and make good art and make good stuff for us to co- to consume as fans. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, you shouldn't be a lifer. You should go where your business is best suited in anything in life. You know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't be, like, people shouldn't be shocked that Paul White, that, and I'll tell you this, Paul White's not going to be the last guy to make that jump. <laughs> you know, like, if you've heard the names that have been floated, that have saw, thought very seriously about jumping over to AEW or vice versa, it would shock you, but it shouldn't because the business is healthy and you should go places where you're best suited to do good business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's a better market for wrestlers than it was a few years ago. It's not a better market than it was, you know, when AEW was starting up. If this, if, if Big Show's contract had come up when, you know, the Good Brothers renegotiated their contract, he'd probably still be making $10 million a year from WWE. But that said, We've seen that that doesn't really. I mean, they can cut those contracts loose just as easily, and and just like the NFL. And you're right; it's gonna be, it's gonna be, yeah, exactly. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fun to to see what they do with them. I mean, that's for sure. I think, I think that he's, he's obviously still a really big talent. And frankly, you know, WWE didn't necessarily do right by him. You know, I mean, I don't have any big complaints. It's not like he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. But I was looking on his Wikipedia page right when I heard this to see when his last match was, and I realized that. He made three appearances in 2020 and he turned, he did a face or heel turn in every single one of them. I mean, it's like, it, it's, it, listen, there are a million people who probably made this joke on Twitter, but you can't be mad at Big Show for, for switching sides. I mean, it's like one of those, I learned it by watching you dad moments. You know, you book this guy, <laughs> you book this guy to turn every single time we see him on TV. You shouldn't be too surprised when he turns on you too. Um, but you know, kudos to Paul White. I guess we do. We have to stop saying Big Show now. Big Show is like a WWE copyright. We just got to call him Paul White. He's Paul Paul White. And you know what's funny on Turner? They got that show that Cody hosts called the Go Big Show. So they oh. <laughs> and, and oh, I didn't was, even think about that synchronicity. That, that was the first joke that people made. It was like, oh, how are you gonna call it the Go Big Show with no Big Show? But. Shows how much I know, Turner. Shows how much they I were know. planning this all along. <laughs> all this was like. This is just like what you say. If you if you pay attention, they're going to tell you exactly what they're going to do. <laughs> they tell you exactly what you're going to do. If you just pay attention, guys, one day you will all listen to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, well, anyway, congratulations to AEW. Congratulations to the big show. And congratulations to um, to uh, Omos, who's now the official giant, the only giant in WWE. Mm. So he'll be they can go ahead and start putting him in all those jobs. too. He's fantastic. It's time. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Speaking of Monday Night Raw, speaking of WWE, the biggest news of the week before the big show jumped ship was that on Sunday night at the Elimination Chamber, which was a good show, a lot of that paced interestingly, like, you know, a lot of like little mini surprises along the way. Mm -hmm. 
But to set the stage, well, I'll just get to it. The Miz is your new champion. The, the Miz oh, yeah. uh, cashed in the Money in the Bank contract and defeated Drew McIntyre after the Elimination Chamber and after a beatdown from Bobby Lashley. So now Miz is your champ, but of course, after Monday Night Raw, he's no, you know, he's not buddies with the Hurt Business. He's not buddies with Bobby Lashley. And uh, just the opposite, Lashley and Miz will be facing facing off next week. So it was a well-told story throughout Sunday night. Um, but you know what? People online were giving me, uh, no, someone, someone pointed out, there was no shit given, but someone pointed out that I used... Um, uh, the phrase moving pieces like three times last episode. <laughs> okay. So I want to debut a new segment on the Masked Man show <laughs> called, <laughs> called, called Moving, moving pieces. pieces. Everybody, <laughs> John, can you get a little sound drop where like a monster voice says moving pieces? That would be fantastic. Or you could, um, or, or you could just have like a, a box of, of Legos just fall into the floor. <laughs> <laughs> moving pieces. This is actually fun. This is the part that gets me excited because I can spend 15 minutes talking about the moving pieces and what's going on with Miz's championship reign right now. So on Sunday night, Bobby Lashley loses the U.S. title to in, in, a, in a three-way match against Matt Riddle and John Morrison, who, who won his way into that match in, at the beginning of the show because Keith Lee is out with an injury, I assume. I, don't, I actually don't know the details there. Keith right. did not text me as he normally does. That's right. a joke. <laughs> okay, so John Morrison's inserted into the match. Matt Riddle wins the U.S. championship by defeating John Morrison at that, like everybody online all at once proclaims, oh, this opens up Bobby Lashley to go for the main event, right? It happened a little bit more quickly than I would have given it, than I would have assumed, but it it was very effective. Later on in the show, we conspicuously see uh, MVP having a backstage chat with The Miz, where they both look very intense at what they're talking about. They let the camera linger on that for a minute. I did, who knew if it was a teaser? No, it was just a very artful setup. Then Drew McIntyre stuns basically no one, but wins the Elimination Chamber pretty convincingly. Immediately thereafter, Bobby Lashley is on top of him, pounding him, beating him down. He leaves him lying. The Miz comes in, cashes in the thing, cashes in the the briefcase. uh, And it does the, the, the now traditional thing of the big move, which the champ kicks out of, followed by the big move again, which the, which beats the champ because he's you know so so beaten down. Um, the Miz is your champ. Closes the show. It's fantastic. Like everybody, like like I was excited. The world was excited. The Miz is maybe the top of the list of like guys who may never have a significant run again, but who everyone just kind of quietly agrees could be a main could be a main eventer for the rest of his life, and we'd be okay with it. It's He's he's like a, quietly everybody's favorite. You know, he's quietly in everybody's top five. So we're very excited to see him on top. Then on Monday night, so here's here's kind of where it gets interesting. One of the people that was widely discussed as a potential opponent for Drew at WrestleMania uh, was Strowman. It was Braun Strowman. There were hints that Braun Strowman had a beef with Shane, but he was back. He would be a big guy that would make a match with Drew look good. We talked about it last week. So the beginning of Raw, we have Strowman working his way into the sort of championship territory, right? Um, and they put Strowman in a match with Bobby Lashley. And if Strowman wins, he was going to be in a Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley and The Miz are fighting next week for the title on Raw. If Strowman won, he was going to be inserted into that match. He lost clean. Everybody seemed to be shocked by it. Bobby Lashley included. The Miz looked absolutely stricken by the whole thing. 
Nobody does a, I can't believe you're putting that stipulation on me face better than them is. So now we have Lashley and we have, we had Lashley drew, the Lashley drew feud is what we're sort of, is sort of the baseline for all this. I don't think there's any doubt that like Lashley and Drew are going to be in the ring together at WrestleMania. The question is, if it's, is it just them or is someone else going to be in the ring with them at WrestleMania? If Lashley beats Miz clean, then maybe it's just Lashley Drew. If the, if Miz stays in the picture, then maybe we have a triple threat. Strowman seems pretty much out of it. And I think we can pencil in, based on little information, uh, Strowman getting an elbow drop off of the Titan Tron from <laughs> Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, You're also missing looks- a big, giant-sized Bad Bunny piece. To this whole that we'll see, and that's so that's the last big moving piece. Thanks, and John said it at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Before all of this, it looked like the Miz and John Morrison were going to be taking on uh, Bad, Bad Bunny, Bunny Damian and Priest. Damian Priest at WrestleMania in the sort of celebrity division tag team match of the year. <laughs> now that sort of set aside, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest were kind of finding other stuff to do on Monday night, and I think it'd be pretty easy to figure out how to put them in a separate you know, event at the big, at the big show, no pun intended. Um, so now, so, but, but all of these, I mean, but it would also be very easy to see Miz losing the title next Monday night and, or, or if not Monday night at the next pay-per-view at Fastlane and then just having a straight up Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley match at WrestleMania and the Miz and John Morrison revert to their bad bunny feud. And that's what we do with them. They're obviously, you know, having the title around his waist even for a month gives a boost to that angle and a boost to that feud. And and not a few people pointed out on on Sunday night that the success of the Bad Bunny feud probably paved the way for the Miz being in this situation at all. I mean, he proved how valuable he is to the company by ma- by helping make that that uh, appearance as valuable as it has been. So all of that, all of those moving pieces together, yeah. What do you think, Kaz? What What do you think? That, let's just start at the top. What is the, the What is the Universal Championship match at WrestleMania? The Universal, the WWE Championship. Well, Universal oh, sorry, the Championship, WWE match, championship is, match is, 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 is Edge Roman. But you mentioned something. the 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 word "valuable" should be like looked at very, very um, intensely, right? Because nobody, we're not using that word facetiously. This Bad Bunny thing after eliminate, well, after Royal Rumble could have went awful. It could have been, you know, it could have been a one-time thing. Great, great, great. I'm here. I'm out. I have a song. See y'all later. But not only did it go well um, for TV and gets people talking and got Saturday Night Live and all this other stuff. Bottom line, I read somewhere that Bad Bunny's like the highest grossing merchandise seller in WWE right now, like by a lot, too. You know, <laughs> like so, it's 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 crazy that you know I don't know how how closely tied in all that stuff is, but you know, on top of the Miz being Mister USA Network and the WWE Network and WrestleMania being on Peacock, you know, and the whole Universal Television, you know, what I mean, family of networks and how that all factors into like the new season of Miz and Misses, um, debuting after WrestleMania, like. There's there's a, a a healthy air of uncertainty that got me paying attention and got me in the mood for WrestleMania that I didn't think that they would figure out a way to get it, right? Like I I, I felt like it was very crystal clear 
what was going to happen a few months ago, right? Like we were teasing Roman Cena. I mean, Roman uh, Rock. Then it was Roman Cena. Now it's Edge. But Edge makes sense. And then, you know, the WWE title picture, you still got Drew, who you've built up to be a great you know, sympathetic but dominant babyface. You got the Miz, who has always been a believable champion, um, more believable now than ever, probably doing his best work, you know, in in his entire career. And I feel like I, I say that about the Miz every couple of years, right? Like he kind of, I don't want to go too hyperbolic, but like it's giving me Cal Ripken Jr. vibes, where it's like this dude just hangs <laughs> around. He just hangs around all year long. And then when they need somebody to step up and be like and and, and do something important for the show at large, whether that's elevating the Intercontinental Championship, whether that's elevating John Morrison, whether that's getting Daniel Bryan ready, whether that's putting some heat on the WWE title. He could do anything you need him to. And, you know, that's a severely underrated trait with The Miz and why I love him. Like, I'm, I'm a huge, just just a massive fan of just his entire career arc. You know what I mean? Like, as as, as somebody who's, who's made that jump from reality show star to, like, legitimate WWE first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because the last time he held the belt, uh, when he was in the, in the midst of the John Cena rock feud... He was the guy they were trying to make. Now, obviously, they, you know, the, the focus of that situation was not necessarily on him, but he was trying, they, they were trying to build The Miz into the next big star by doing that. And it didn't necessarily click right then. But now he's sort of in a position, like you said, we're excited like we wouldn't have been otherwise. He's in the position of sort of legitimizing Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. And it sounds crazy to say that, but because neither of those guys need anybody's help. But it's true. I mean, if you would, if if last week we you or I had gotten a text or a phone call that was just like a hundred percent sure Drew versus Bobby at WrestleMania, lock it down. I think we both would have been pretty underwhelmed, despite the fact that we love both of those guys, right? Because it was just kind of hard to imagine a path to get there that would make you like legit excited, you know. But they throw in the Miz and the Money in the Bank briefcase and everything else and these sort of mixed alliances and and every and 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 it is like I'm intrigued now. Now maybe if you know if Bobby Lashley wins clean next week and the Miz is just back to bad bunny, that's sort of fine, but we're back to not excited no excitement territory, or at least not like extreme excitement. But if they keep the Miz involved, I mean I think he really adds an element to this that would be that they will miss if it's if he's just sort of the transition champ. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be a transition champ. I think a lot of people, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Bobby Lashley won. It wouldn't surprise me if he lost. All I'm saying is they stand to lose a lot at this point, not having the Miz somehow involved at WrestleMania in a big money moment which is either the WWE Championship match, whether it's a triple threat, whether it's something that he's directly involved with somehow. Like, he's already proved his medal. And gotta say, like, it just fits him. You know what I mean? Like, he just, like, you know, he got the suit. He got the look. Like, he's legitimized. Like, he's got the OG status. Like, he's got that, you know, that locker room leadership ability. Like, he's got it all. And, like, he looks way, way, way more legit as a WWE champion today 
Yeah. Then he then, you know, and granted that he was probably younger and you mentioned that he was the guy that they were trying to make at that point. But now it's like he's the maker. And mm-hmm. it's it's really tight to see how far his I'm just a big fan of like his career arc. I'm a big fan of like everything he's kind of like been put through Me and too. been shit on so many times. And now like he's just he's he's one of the most interesting characters in pro wrestling history. Like and, and I don't even say that right after he won on Sunday night, I texted you guys that. And this is another reason why it would be a shame to not let him carry, you know, stay in the main event picture that I want. The one thing I wanted out of this was a giant boxing style entrance for the Miz at WrestleMania <laughs> where his entire like where it's like that this is your life posse of like John Morrison, Maurice, his dad, Alex Riley. Yeah. Well, Big Show was on the list. Now Big Show is gone. But like R-Truth, Damian Sandow, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Like there's, you know, all the people who the Miz has carried or been, you know, boosted by or whatever over the years. Just like surround him as he comes out to Eye of the Tiger, like waving. He's Mr. USA. Let him wave the American flag, like make the big deal of it. Like he could, it would be so great. Like they should let him be the sort of low-key Bo Dallas at this point, you know, just like let him think that he's Hulk Hogan and um, it, and it will be magical. Yeah. Bring back the Mizdow, man. Bring back Damien Sandow. I'm sure he's not busy. Like, let's make this a big thing. Aaron Stevens. Aaron Stevens always has something cooking. I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think he's got a regular wrestling gig right now. Oh, um, good, good on him, man. Good on oh, him. Oh, by the way, we should have said this at the top of the show, and this is a sad thing to throw in as a side note. But his old partner from the NWA, Josephus. I mean, they were together for when Josephus was the the question mark. Just passed away, and he was one oh, of. Wow. The, and I don't know. Uh, Billy Corgan just announced it today. It's a. Um, it's super sad. He was one of like the real highlights of NWA and one of the people who it seemed like they were kind of invested in the sort of long-term storytelling with. And it, I thought he was really gifted. And um, and it's it's no one the, the cause of death is unclear, but it's it's a real tragedy for for his family and 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 for the wrestling world. So just wanted to say that formally. Um, Man, that's that's that, that definitely caught me off guard. I think I, I'm just. I'm just scrolling on my Twitter and I'm seeing Adam Pierce and uh, you know Drake Drake Mavericks Bud t- tweeting about him and yeah it must it, it definitely caught me off guard man that's that's really sad that's really sad to hear that's really sad to hear um, you know prayers to his family and prayers to you know over everybody who, who was who's a fan of his yeah I mean WWE just announced their biggest recruitment class ever uh, at the at the Performance Center right now. Um, Josephus or Joe Hudson is uh was probably not a guy that would ever have made that cut. He didn't he didn't fit the mold ex- of what exactly they were looking for right now. Maybe and maybe he would have, but he was one. He's the proof that there's still a lot of untapped like potential out there. There's still diamonds, you know. And um, if you're open to everything, who was it that said? I think Corey Graves or somebody said this was kind of low key complaining that that there's too much same sameness in NXT, and he's right because yeah. We love, you know, the DIY guys, um, the undisputed era guys. Like we, we love everything that that they are, and we. I mean, we we could watch that that kind of them wrestle seven days a week. We do sometimes, but those people who are sort of have been now been established as NXT lifers, whether or not they will be, they're you know they've been there for a long time now, and they're the rocks of that industry. I mean, of that company, that division, whatever, and everybody who is different in any kind of significant way gets called up right so well so 
you know, Dexter Loomis is going to probably be the next big call up from NXT because he's he's different. He's going to pop on the main roster or whatever else. And and you're kind of left with more and more of these like five star awesome dudes who are there's a little bit of a sameness to them, the same look, the same music and blah, blah, blah. Um, so it'd be I mean, it would be, you know, Joe Stevens is one of those guys that if you could put him permanently in NXT, he would have been epic there, you know? Anyway, I don't want to make too too big of a deal of a knock on WWE for something they're not employing, but um, but there you know there's a lot you can do with a guy like that, and he was just freaking amazing. He was really really good, really really good at being a pro wrestler, and he's gonna be missed. Anyway, moving on, moving back. Um, what else do we need to talk about that happened this week? Uh, oh, I guess we I guess I, I, we're talking about the w, about WrestleMania. Edge and Edge and Roman Reigns is officially a thing. That yes. was the, the entire, the entire elimination chamber, the SmackDown EC setup, and some was Jordan ones. For, <laughs> yeah, it was basically. It, it turned out to be Daniel Bryan, who was the first person off of my, I think, your list of possibilities. Because why would you waste Daniel Bryan on a, if he's not going to take it to WrestleMania? He lasted like two seconds against Roman Reigns. Well, I guess thirty seconds. He got he had the the yes lock on for a minute, and then Roman just powered out of it. Uh, beat him and then edge came in and speared roman and that's your wrestlemania match there's an interesting question and this is why i think miz being in the wrestlemania main event on the raw side is legit i I think edge and miz are weirdly kind of on the same level in terms of like how vince might view their significance right because miz has so much longevity now and also has the like the crossover appeal i mean you can say that miz and mrs isn't the kardashians but people watch that show you know even if you never heard of miz and mrs you can grab any casual pro wrestling viewer and mm-hmm. show them that The Miz is still on TV and they'll be like, dude from Real World is still like, yep. wow, he really did. Like, he was already a crossover guy. He just had to yeah. make it in wrestling, you know? Yep. Like, and he's done that and then some. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I see that. But as far as the Edge and Roman Reigns story is concerned, that's, that's going to be interesting. And I think that's going to be a fun story to tell, especially... We've never, it's been a long time since we've gotten to see like Paul Heyman and Edge interact, right? Yeah. And they have like a really low key, lowest of key smack that like the, for the SmackDown six super nerds, like that's a really cool story to sort of like tap into about like their history. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like with, oh my gosh, with yeah. Heyman, you know, it's, it's now gotten to the point where you know, remember when Shawn Michaels first came back and it was like it was bringing back all those 90s fans that couldn't believe he was still wrestling and he was back. Edge is that to us now. Like the guys who grew up in on mid 2000s SmackDown, who grew up on young Brock Lesnar and Eddie Guerrero and Benoit and Angle and Edge and Christian and, you know, and those that that era, the ruthless aggression era, you know what I mean? Like those kids are like the grownups now. So like now they bring their kids to watch Edge just the way like probably our older brothers or, you know, uncles or dads watch Shawn Michaels growing up, like as part of the Rockers, as part of, you know, Dude, all that type of stuff. It's true. I was watching Foley and uh, Edge's uh, hardcore match at WrestleMania 22 yesterday on repeat. And... um First of all, incredible match. But second of all, uh, 
I in the background of that WrestleMania, all in the rafters and like, like champ instead of championship banners, they just have like headshots of all the big stars hung. <laughs> yeah, like and all the glamour so shots. <laughs> yeah, and I was constantly distracted by how many of them are still workers. Like it's WrestleMania twenty two, and I mean, just I'm going to run through the car and tell you who's still active: Big Show, Kane, Carlito, uh, Lashley, Matt Hardy, Shelton Benjamin, uh, Edge. Who else? Mickey James, sort of. Um, I mean, Undertaker and Mark Henry fought, and neither were active, but we're close on both of those. Um, so, Shawn Michaels, no. Oh, Rey Mysterio, Randy Orton, Kurt Angle just retired. Uh, Tori Wilson was back last month. John Cena and Triple H, both maybes. I mean, this is a long list. Like, the majority of this card could wrestle at WrestleMania this year, and you would not be surprised. It's yeah. pretty. It, pretty incredible man the founder yeah. of youth has, has been found and we just didn't realize it and you um, know what you know what credit like i said man credit to the health of the wrestling business and it kind of ties in everything we've been talking about about not being you know lifers in any one company like mm-hmm. when the business is healthy you can have these feel-good stories of wrestlers coming back still healthy still alive still able to do this at a, at a high level and that should be celebrated you know because one day our young guys that we love, our Adam Coles, our our Keith Lees, our mm-hmm. uh, you know Shinsuke Nakamura's aren't going to be spring chickens anymore, and we'd like to see them continue to do what they like to do healthily, mm-hmm. and still live a good life instead of yeah. the alternative. We've seen the alternative. We've seen the wild, wild west of the '80s and the era that Undertaker was talking about when in the locker rooms. Like we all know mm-hmm. how most of those stories have ended. So, like, it's dope that you can watch WrestleMania 22, look up in those banners, and still see a lot of those guys are still active and still yeah, alive and still happy and still you know. And you don't have those those awful heartbreaking stories that we hear way, way, way too often. So, um, yeah, man, it's I actually, tight. I actually do want to talk about Edge, but before, but only because you said that. Have you got to watch Young Rock yet? Yes, yes, yes. I've so I watched, the, I watched the first, I mean, I guess the second episode just came out. The mm-hmm. second's way better than the first. I, I have, I guess my biggest issue with the show is like, I would rather just be about the youngest Young Rock and just <laughs> yes. have, and have Dwayne Johnson doing a voiceover and not doing like a weird presidential interview that makes me concerned that he might actually run for president. I think he's life. actually going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird because when I heard the conceit of the show, when Brian was coming on, I read about it. I was like, actually relieved. Like, oh, this is the fact that he's self-aware. This is proof that he's not going to run for president. And I watched five minutes of the show and I'm like, oh shit, he's going to run for president. So it's, <laughs> it's very strange. But there's a lot to like about the show. You can have your, you can pick your nits and do whatever. But I will say this: all of the whatever you might think about the show aside, this is might be the most like the best representation of old school wrestling in a fictional format that we will ever see. Yeah, right. I mean, there's nobody like they better to do it. <laughs> there, the just the parts of them hanging out when he's a little kid with. All of the all of the wrestlers of yore, you know, the Iron Cheeks and JYDs, Andre the Giant, uh, uh, Roddy Piper's, all this kind of stuff is um, it's like if the show was only that, it would be the coolest wrestling related fiction fiction project that has ever been done. And it is just in the snippets, the little pieces of the show that have it. I am a fan for life because of that. It is so spot on. There's so much insider talk just thrown in. It's so like. Reverend, I love the insider talk in its context where they don't need to really explain it. But if you're a casual person, you get it. 
right? Like it makes it very digestible for somebody who's never really known about the inner workings of how this whole crazy professional wrestling world works. Um, nah, man, like it's, 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 I really, I'm really enjoying that show. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, if they would have stuck with Young Rock for the whole show, maybe they tried to balance the, the, the insiderness of it. Maybe that's just us talking about it. I'm sure if you've, if you, uh, if you survey like 300 other people that are just co- sort of mainstream fans, they're like, oh, well, you know, I like the teenage rock days. Like I like his, his University of Miami days. Like I like, you know. But for us, man, like it's it's always started with wrestling with him as far as like being the biggest star in the world and the possible presidential candidate. Like it's always started with him being um, a guy who grew up in this business that we all love. And it still bugs me out just how wildly successful he is to this day. Like I, just because I've always I've always seen him, you know, like as, as being a wrestling fan, like you just always knew he was around. But like. You never would have thought. I never in my wildest dreams thought that a show like that would be on network television on NBC where the world is learning at a faster pace about the inner workings of professional wrestling. And I think, you know, that coupled with... I'm glad you said that. That and coupled with... um, I don't know if you've seen this. Have you seen um, uh, uh, You Can't Kill David Arquette on Hulu? Oh, yeah, yeah. I did a thing. I did a, like a Q&A with him right, oh. right, before that, right when that movie came out. Yeah, man. I finally got to see it this week on Hulu. I think it just came on Hulu or whatever. Yeah. And it's... I'm watching it with my fiance and like I'm like just sitting there geeking because it's like, yo, you forget how massively popular this dude was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like those Entertainment Weekly shots where it's like him and like Brad Pitt and Will Smith and like all this <laughs> shit. And now he's doing like hardcore matches with Nick Gage and 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 you know it's yeah. It all kind of fits into this world where like wrestling the pro wrestling world is like really healthy and there's so many and there's so many things that are happening as we speak that's gonna continue its health into the near future. And shows like this will spark the minds of other people who love this thing. And it's like, oh, I'm going to take it and do this with that and, and make it my art this way. Um, but that's, man, it's, it's really, it's really dope. Like, it's like between we've touched on like a lot of like mainstream topics. And I wanted to talk about um, John Moxley's promo on AEW. Um, uh-huh. but I guess we'll, we'll do it another time. Um, I guess when we review preview revolution, right? We're gonna preview revolution. Yeah, next week will be a lot of revolution talk for sure. Got it. Um, um, but yeah, like it's really tight that you know, no matter how big AEW gets, this is always pro wrestling time, right? Like from from January up until like April, like this is when you know the month the, the the chickens really cooked. And, you know, we're seeing that, you know, with with the documentaries, with the movies, with the TV shows, with the choices for world champions, with the choices for who faces the world champion, like all that stuff is mixed into one into making this thing like really, really popular and healthy and great, especially in the in the pandemic right now. So, you know, as fans start to come back and fans start to, you know, um, come to real life again like it's going to be really interesting to see uh how much this has grown the business and grown its 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 awareness around the world uh yeah absolutely um uh, one word on edge and and uh or a couple words on edge and, and paul Heyman. you mentioned the edge and paul Heyman's potential yeah. microphone chemistry i mean they have a shared history i would geek 
the hell out. I mean, you mentioned the SmackDown Six. I mean, just imagine if if Paul Heyman came in and was just like, "I was your biggest supporter," and Edge was just like, "Then why did it take me ten years to hold the champ to hold the, the belt?" Right? I mean, if you were my mm-hmm. biggest supporter, you were running the show. Why did I have to go to Raw and get a Money in the Bank briefcase right. to wait to get the championship? But I mean, there there's just so much depth there that could make me absolutely go. I mean, I would just go bonkers for that. And and I think that I think that the real I mentioned the compared. I mean, I compared Edge and, and Miz. I mean, I think we've probably said this before. The real comparison to Edge at this point is is Batista, where he's just like he's awesome and we love him. And Edge is way better in the ring and everything else. But I think to Vince, he sort of just represents a certain thing. You know, he's not actually as famous as The Rock, but he's in the sort of the Rock slot, right? Of the of the person come back to WWE, did some stuff outside the ring, and has a big has a story to tell and something to redeem and blah, blah, blah. I, I just think, I think it's really meaningful. And to, to and, and, and WWE will, and to WWE, I think this match is maybe even more meaningful than it is to us. That's the point. And I think that we should, you know, indulge in it. I think the same way that like, WWE has go- is going to sell Braun Strowman on a match with Shane McMahon being more important than a championship, you know, and they believe it, right? The Shane match is important. The Triple H match, if you were to have one, is important. Which, by the way, there's a weird there. That's there's an interesting subtext there where AJ Styles, I think, at some point said he only wanted to fight for a title or for or tr- against Triple H at WrestleMania. Maybe there was one other name on the list, so we'll see how how close Triple H is to ring shape right now. But um, but these, you know, the titles are important, but the other stuff is sort of more important at WrestleMania. And uh, the Edge Roman Reigns is it's gonna they're gonna make it feel like it's once in a lifetime match and it might just be it might um, be yeah it might be if, if they make it about the battle of the spears i'm gonna go to sleep during that match but if they actually make it you know try to make it good which they will um because paul Heyman's involved uh it'll be great um is there anything else that we need to talk about oh oh god i buried the biggest news of the week dude retribution might be breaking up what are you no <laughs> no no I do not want to see that happen. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know you're you're the biggest re- re- retribution. <laughs> That's all I got, around. Dave. I don't know which one. I wish they would if they were gonna do. I wish they would have just broken them up on day one. Like that's really. Like the allure of the sort of of the tease was the biggest thing about retribution, and that's sort of what WWE. I mean, uh, you know, if the if 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 the million dollar man debuted today, they'd have all those great vignettes, and then he would just get in the ring and get squashed by <laughs> by Drew McIntyre, and we'd never see him again. You know, I mean, <laughs> oh um, boy. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, I retribution. Don't know. I hope they're okay. I mean, listen, a lot of the, <laughs> those guys in retribution could probably be better suited. You know, better they'd be more effective to be not in retribution anymore. So maybe that's where we're headed. But anyway, yeah, I'm down. I'm down to see some Dijak and and Keith Lee, please. Ab- Let's, let's let's make that a thing. Let's just let's just scrub this thing from the board. Give me Dijak and Keith Lee twelve times a year, and I'll be a happy. <laughs> they should just that should be the new show. Like if 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 uh, if they you know just they should just get rid of NXT and just go head to head with AEW every week with just Keith Lee versus Donovan Dijakovic. Yeah, um, every single week, every single week these two guys are gonna fight, and uh, and 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 you're gonna watch it. I'd watch. Um, Oh, and Oscar lost her tooth. That was the only. That was literally like the the last thing on my list. Oscar got kicked in the face accidentally by Shayna Baszler and spit a tooth straight out in the ring and was looked like she was sort of concussed. But um, she's a badass. Uh, wow, <laughs> wow. I hope I never spit a tooth out in slow motion that looks like it. You know, it's the whole root and everything else, and every, the world has to see it. That looks like it hurt. Anyway, best of love to Oscar. 
Before we get out of here, one last thing I want to talk about. It's video game week at The Ringer. And John said, do you want to talk about video games this week? And I said, well, I can talk for about half an hour about old pro wrestling on the NES. Starman and Fighter Hayabusa and the Amazon and all those dudes. But what what is your what is your what was your first wrestling video like wrestling video game go to? The first wrestling video game go to was Royal Rumble on oh, Super yeah. Nintendo uh, with you know the Bret Hart sharpshooters and stuff and like yeah the president LNR and he would get do this like butt humping thing <laughs> when he uh-huh. somebody in the sharpshooter but it was awesome uh, that was my first one but the one I became like literally obsessed of, obsessed with where as far as like I created like all types of created wrestlers and leagues and all this type of thing was um, WCW versus NWO Revenge that uh, was, you know, everything to me as a kid. Like, just from the Goldberg Spears on, like, the intro video and, like, the first time we really saw THQ really flex that uh, that wrestling engine that they had. Um, and then it evolved into, like, WWE uh, WrestleMania 2000 and No Mercy and uh, all these other, all these other um, you know, classic video games in my eyes all these thq video games i think aw is going to run the same sort of engine with them um those were the games that was my jam like it's very easy very easy to pick up um you know um those are classics to me man those are that was the shit I love the WrestleFest video, like arcade game. I mean, I came to that much later, uh, but I always put that in the Royal Rumble video game in the same category. I mean, that Royal Rumble video game was just bonkers. I mean, I was I was like in high school or something when that came out. But I, um, my other podcast, my best friend uh, Brian Curtis, old friend Brian Curtis, we we bonded over that game. That was freaking just incredible, it's a fantastic uh, game, man. It really at the time that felt like immersive i mean that felt like you were like you had that like the headset on and you're walking through a 3d world it was that was as real as i thought technology would ever get um but man that i mean like i said my go-to back in the day even after there were way better games around yeah was was pro wrestling on the nes i would just pull out at some point i got an nes like i turned one back on in my 20s or something and found (laughs) one that worked and i still just played that game like from start to finish over and over again there were all those guys are like, like, uh, all, all the the characters in that game are like representatives. I mean, there's like the the fake Ric Flair and the you know and the, the, the I mean everybody's like a representative, the fake El Santo or whoever. I mean, everyone just sort of is like a representative either either of a specific wrestler or like a genre of wrestlers right. and like uh, a bunch of roster players from back in the day. <laughs> like, exactly, and it was yeah. I mean that game is it was so limited, but it was just awesome. I love mm-hmm. it to death. Anyway, wrestling video games are incredibly important. So tweet it, tweet it to tweet at the Mass Man Show on Twitter. Tell us what your favorite wrestling video game is, and we will um, maybe I'll make John do like a wrestling video game bracket on Twitter, and we'll see which one is actually the champion of champions. Anyway, we got to get out of here. Kaz, want to do some plugs in the way out the door? Yeah, check out Sailor's uh, podcast every Monday with Kaz, Low, and Rosie. Everywhere you subscribe to podcasts. Um, and check me out on MSGPM after every Knicks home game on Master Square Garden Networks. If you got the channel, go Knicks. <laughs> All right. Well, get well soon, Oscar. I yes. feel like we should do a get well soon every week, too. Get well soon, Oscar. Apologies, as always, to John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. 
Tony Schiavone here on the Masked Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Masked Man Show. 